You are listening to the Faith Church Podcast. Learn more about our church at faithinchandler.com. Appreciate them working on that new song. They introduced it today because it fits with our message. Our message is going to be talking about calling out to God, praying to Him in a desperate place. Because in Jonah, in chapter 2, we have this record of Jonah praying this prayer when he's in the most desperate situation of his life. Uh, My daughter, Haven, recently brought home a Little House on the Prairie book. Do you remember those? Maybe you're more likely to remember the television series with Michael Landon. I don't think I ever read the books, but I remember catching a few of those episodes on TV. And, and one that sticks out to me, the main character in those, those stories, Laura, she is desperate for God to answer this prayer. She's praying this prayer for her family. And so she goes to the parson, the country parson, who's there uh, as the minister in their little community, and she says to him, what can I do so that God hears my prayer? How can I be sure that God will hear my prayer? And she's asking some, for some tips, some insider information from this pastor on how she can get her prayer answered because it's an important one to her. And he says to her that the closer we are to God, the more we understand about prayer and the more he listens to our prayer. Now, he was saying that as we develop this strong and close relationship with the Lord, we're able to call out to him and we, we are able to, to reach out and we know what to pray and how to pray. And she took him literally. And so she found the largest hill, which was almost a mountain near her home, and she set up to climb up to the top of that hill so that she would be closer to God when she prayed. And her parents didn't know where she was at. She was missing. She had gone up to the top of this hill uh, to pray. Jonah, in our story, is not only down in the depths of the sea when he prays this prayer. He's not only far from God in relationship to his elevation, but he's far from God in that he has been disobeying what God asked him to do. God has asked him to go to Nineveh and to tell them about God. And instead of going to Nineveh, he's gone the opposite direction, gotten on a ship towards Tarshish, which is the opposite direction of where he's supposed to go. There is a giant storm, chapter 1 tells us, and Jonah gets thrown overboard so that the storm will cease its raging. And that is all chapter 1. We're going to pick up reading at the end of chapter 1, verse 17, right before chapter 2 starts. And many people consider this last verse of chapter 1 to be really the beginning of the story of chapter 2. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and all thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy hill. The waters compassed me, or surrounded me, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. 
I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. I love verse 10 because here Jonah is giving this poetic prayer. This poetic prayer, and then verse 10 says, and then God made the fish vomit Jonah out on dry land. I want you to really take notice of verse 7, though. Because I feel like verse 7 is is a summary of his prayer. Verse 7 says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee. My Lord, my God. I remember years ago being in an AA meeting. I was there to see a friend pick up their chip signifying how many years of sobriety they had achieved. And someone in that meeting said something along these lines. I thought I had hit rock bottom, but then I just kept going down further and further. I'm sure for Jonah, when he was thrown overboard and he splashed into the water, he thought, this is it. It's over. But then a fish swallowed him. And I can only imagine what Jonah was thinking in those moments. Instead of drowning, I'm going to be digested by a fish. This just keeps getting worse. If you remember when we first looked at chapter 1 a couple of weeks ago, I pointed out that every time Jonah did opposite of what God wanted him to do, he went down, down, down. God told him to go to Nineveh, so he rose up out of his bed and went down to Joppa. He caught a boat from Joppa to Tarshish, and then he went down into the boat. Here, when he's thrown overboard, he goes down into the sea, and he writes that he goes down to the depths of the mountains of the sea. He's gone as far down as he possibly can. He's giving us this picture of what we know to be the bottom is just the top of the mountains that are in the sea, and it goes further and further down. And we know today through oceanography that there are deep valleys in the seas. And Jonah has gone as low as he can possibly go. And it's tragic. It's tragic that when he gets down to the very depths, when he gets down to the very bottom, that it is there that he calls out to the Lord. It's there when he's in the belly of a fish, as low as he possibly can go, in the biggest mess that he could possibly get into, that then he remembers the Lord. And there it is that God plucks him out of the deep, actually scoops him up with the mouth of a fish. And I want you to see that while Jonah is in a mess, as he's praying this prayer, he says, I prayed this prayer when I was in the belly of the fish. While Jonah is in a mess, he's also in the middle of God's grace. While Jonah is in the middle of a mess, he's in the middle of God's grace. You see, this passage tells us in chapter 1, verse 17, that now the Lord had prepared a great fish. Verse 17 is literally telling that God had provided or anointed or appointed a fish. 
Chapter 1 tells us pretty explicitly that God sent the storm that was rocking Jonah's boat. And sometimes we get into a mess and it's all of our own making. We caused our own storms. Here the passage is clear that God sent this storm to get Jonah's attention. And just as much as he sent this storm, he sends this fish to keep Jonah alive. Now God often gets credit, or blamed rather, for the storms of this life, and he rarely gets no credit for the fish that save our skin. A lot of times we want to ask, where's God when some tragedy happens? We want to blame God when some some catastrophe happens to us, but we fail to see his grace lining every little bit being with us every step of the way. And I'm sure when Jonah was first swallowed by this fish, he was not thinking, oh, thank the Lord. (laughs) But eventually he'd get to the point where he thanked God for his graciousness. And if you've ever found yourself in the middle of a mess and gotten to the place where you can recognize that it is God's grace that is keeping you alive, then you can identify with this thanksgiving that comes out in this prayer. He recognizes this is God. God had appointed, provided, prepared, sent this fish on this mission. This wasn't coincidence. It didn't just happen that a man-eating-sized fish was there the same moment that a man was thrown overboard. God orchestrated all of this. Now, it may have been that God, years before, caused a little baby fish to be born and caused him to stay safe from all the predators in the water and caused him to get out of fishermen's net so that he could grow big and huge. And so that moment when Jonah fell in the water, he was ready. Or it may have been that God said in that moment when Jonah hit the water, I need a big fish. Because just as God created all things, He could cause this fish to just be. Whatever His methodology, He had prepared this great fish. In this moment, God has a fish and it's grace. And the fact that Jonah has opportunity to pray from inside this fish's belly is grace. But sometimes God's grace is messy. God's grace can be messy. And often, His answers to our prayers stink. God saves Jonah's life, but this is not how Jonah would have drawn it up. Right? Jonah hits the water and suddenly he is moved to pray, even though he hasn't prayed yet, but he begins to pray and God save his life. But this is not what Jonah had in mind. This is not what Jonah was asking God to do. Jonah was asking for like a lifeguard or a life preserver or maybe a little boat. God sends a fish. And when we're desperate and we call out to the Lord in prayer, we've got an idea of what we'd like for him to do. God, help me win the lottery to get out of this mess that I'm in. God, help him forget all of those horrible things that I just said. God, help nobody to find out about the awful thing that I just did. And we've got some ways that we'd love for God to take care of everything, but he doesn't do that. He's got his ways, his means of showing us grace. And sometimes it's a little messy, and sometimes it stinks a little bit. I don't know why God chose to send a fish to save Jonah's life. But I think part of the problem was that Jonah had kind of painted himself into a corner. Jonah called out to the Lord when he was sinking into the depths of the sea. 
And God does something miraculous and incredible in this moment. And while Jonah has to ride out the next three days in the gut of a fish, it's still miraculous. Can I tell you how many times I have stood in Ward County Jail and said, listen, guys, I know that this stinks, but this is God's grace. It is God's grace that you are alive right now. It is God's grace that you are sober and listening to me preach right now. It is God's grace that he sent some minister that you don't even know to stand in front of this weight equipment and preach the gospel to you. That's God's grace. And I know that it might mess, it might, might be stinky, and it might be a mess, and it may not be the way that you would draw it up for God to save you, but this is what he's doing for you, and it's grace. It's him trying to help you. It's him trying to show you grace. Maybe that you've painted yourself into a corner in your marriage, or you've put yourself into a whole lot of debt, or you've wrecked your physical and emotional health, and you say, God, I need your help, and you want him to turn everything around in the next 24 hours. And he says, I'll help you, but it's going to get a little messy, and it's going to stink for a while, but I'll help you. It's remarkable that Jonah realizes eventually that this fish is grace. I mean, I know that when he first got swallowed, he was not thinking, the Lord has sent a fish to deliver me from the depths. He was thinking, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. And a fish. But somehow, eventually, Jonah comes to realize that the fish was sent of the Lord. Maybe when he was in the fish for a while and he realized he could breathe. That he wasn't being burned up by stomach acid. That even though it was gross and it smelled, that he was alive, eventually he realized it was grace. And I would think that probably in all of our lives there have been some, some messy situations, some stinky situations that God's used as grace. Now, I just want to ask you to take a second and ask yourself, what mess and stink in your life has God used? Has turned out not only to be a good thing, but a God thing. Just take a moment right now, think about that. Because I would bet in every life, there's been a moment where in the moment you said, this stinks. But now looking back, you can say, thank you, Lord. That you can come to a place where you not only say, that was actually a good thing, but go beyond that and say, that was a God thing. And sometimes people look at, at, at Christians a little weird because we get to the place where we're thanking God for the belly of a fish. Seems like something strange to be thankful for. But maybe some of you have been in that, that, that place where you've thanked God for the back of a squad car. You, you thank God for financial ruin. I, I talked with uh, Jim McComas, who was here with us last month for that special service. You know what he told me? He said that he could, he could see the shoulders loosen on people when he said that the, the moment he was the most thankful was the night that he got his son arrested. And there were people all across the room that you could absolutely identify with that Statement, And I've had conversations with you in the weeks since that you absolutely could identify that that was a moment where something that would stink to most people, you said, that was a God thing. Thank God for that. This was grace. 
verses 2 to 5 seem to refer to this prayer as Jonah's prayer as he sinks into the water. He talks about the seaweed being wrapped around his head as he's taking these last breaths. He called out to God, and God hears his prayer, and God can hear our prayers no matter our situation and in spite of our sin, and that is truly incredible. The fact that God heard Jonah's prayer, even though he had made an absolute mess of things, though he had painted himself into a corner, Jonah had done nothing right. He wasn't at the top of a mountain. He was at the bottom of a mountain in the sea. He wasn't walking closely with the Lord. He was running the opposite direction away from the Lord, and God still heard his prayer. And so while the country parson tried to give Laura some good advice and little house on the prairie, God can hear our prayers no matter where we are, no matter what we've done, because he is that gracious. Jonah recognizes that the Lord has heard his prayer despite what he has done and where he's at. Jonah recognizes this, and this is what prompts this poetic prayer that's half confession and half thanksgiving. And I want you to see in Jonah's prayer his admissions that the reason he called out to God because of the situation he found him is because of the tragedy that he found himself in. He, oh, he admits that the reason he finally prayed to God is because he was in a catastrophe. He says in verse 2, I cried by reason of my affliction to the Lord. The end of verse 3 into verse 4 says this, All thy billows and waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. In verse 7 that I told you to pay special attention to, he says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. When and why did Jonah pray? When things were their absolute worst and for that very reason. It was only when Jonah was in an absolute mess that he was ready to call on the Lord. And our sin will lead us to some dire situations, but it's in the dire situations that we finally get this wake-up call to call upon the Lord. God uses the depths and the seaweed to get our attention. If it wasn't for the storm, Jonah would have just kept on going in the wrong direction, getting farther and farther from God, going farther and farther towards the literal hell. Jonah says here in this passage, I prayed from hell, and he's speaking figuratively. He was in the very depths, the farthest he could go in this life, but he wasn't in hell yet because he was still breathing. And as, as, as big of a catastrophe as it was for Jonah to be in the bottom of the sea about to take his final breath, the greater catastrophe would be for him to live out the rest of his life with ease and no problems, no issues, no headaches. He could have gone on to Tarshish and had no problems, live out the rest of his 80 years, breathe his last breath, and never turn to God, and that would have been the greater catastrophe. And if God has brought heartache and troubles into your life and it has gotten your attention, thank God for those heartaches and troubles because it is better for us to recognize in the midst of trouble that we need the Lord than for us to live out our days and never recognize our desperate need for Him. Because in this life it is never too late to pray. But there is coming a day and there awaits a place where it is indeed too late to pray. God answers our prayers in unexpected ways, in messy ways, in gracious ways, but it's always in His ways. 
And while Jonah went down, 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 as he was running from God, when he turned back to the Lord, he just went up, up, up. And so, friends, the way for you to get out of the pit that you have crawled down into is to not only come up, but to go back towards God. And the farther we run from God, the farther down we will go into the pit, into the mess. The fish that saved Jonah's life carried him out of the direction that he had been going and took him back in the direction that he was supposed to be going. God will pluck your feet out of, the, out of the mud and the muck. He will pluck you out of the depths. He will pull you out of the ditch and he will set your feet on dry ground, but he will set you facing the direction that he expects you to go. Because that's what he did with Jonah. I don't want to spoil it for you, but you know what the very beginning of chapter 3 is? And the Lord came again to Jonah and said, Go to Nineveh. Let's try this again. So while chapter 2 is this poetic prayer of Noah, Jonah confessing his mistakes and thanking God for saving him, it's also the turning point in his life where he turns from his disobedience and turns towards following God. See, the Lord not only wants to lift you up, He wants to point you in the way that you should go. Jonah is vomited up on dry ground and God immediately calls out to him and tells him where to go. You see, God saved Jonah's life, but God did not help Jonah disobey. God loved Jonah, but God did not enable Jonah's sin. This is not easy. You know why? Because I'm a parent. I love my kids. And I want to show them grace all the time. But I also don't want to enable their bad behavior. I don't want to set them off on a path toward wrong things. What God has done here for Jonah is he set him back on the right path. He showed him grace, but also pointed him back in the right direction. And that's something as a parent I'm trying to do all the time. I'm trying to show my, parent, my kids grace. I'm trying to be a parent who is, is gracious and loving, but I'm also trying to point them in the right direction. Because I know if I'm just permissive and I say, oh, that's okay, no big deal, it'll be to their detriment, to their harm. They're going to set their feet on solid ground headed in the right direction. And if you're a, a, a child, if you're a parent of a child that is wayward, you know that this is a constant struggle. If you're a grandparent, you know that the strict authoritarian parent you were is gone. Now you're gracious to your grandkids all the time. I don't remember my dad ever showing me grace. He shows my, my kids grace all the time. Nicole's parents are sitting in here. They were both school teachers, strict school teachers. It's different when they're grandkids. The Lord loves Jonah. And he saves him and he rescues him. But when he puts his feet on dry ground, he points him where he's supposed to go. And this whole prayer is a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of, I was going this way, Lord. 
and I recognize the error of my ways, and I will again look toward you. I will again look toward your holy temple. I will again follow you, Lord. It's an admission of, I was heading the wrong direction, and I'm going to head the right direction. And that's what coming to Christ is. It's repentance. Repentance is a fancy word for a U-turn. You ever make one of those? You make a U-turn when you realize, I'm going the wrong way, and i got to go the other way. U-turn is what you make when you realize the road ahead of you is washed out, and you don't want to drive down that road. You're going to go a different way. You're going to go back the way you came. And what Jonah is doing here is he's making a U-turn. And it took a storm and being thrown into the ocean and being swallowed by a fish to get his attention. But thank God in the belly of that fish, he finally made a U-turn and repented from his ways. And as he started going back to the Lord, he started going up, up, up. Jonah is saying here, Lord, you have saved me from corruption You have saved me from ruin. And that's what God does. But God doesn't just want to save you from your mess. He wants to save you from yourself. Because we're constantly the ones making the messes. And so he not only saves Jonah from the sea, but he saves him from himself. Jonah turns from his wickedness and his disobedience and he follows God. So, Pastor Daniel, why does life have to be so hard? Why does it feel like everything's against me? Why can't this just be easier? If God loves me, why does He just make life easier for me? Oh, to God that it would be harder and harder for us to do the right, the wrong things, and easier and easier for us to do the right things. That God would steer us was the right things, like he did for Jonah. Do you remember the story? It was a couple years ago. It was the summer of 2016. A father and son in Yellowstone National Park, and they saw a baby bison. It was early in the morning, still a little cool, the end of May, and the bison looked like he was shivering, and there was no mother around. And this father and son said, we've got to help this baby bison. So they scoop up this baby bison. Not an easy task. Two of them must have been working hard together. And they push him into the back of their SUV so that he can warm up. Just trying to help the little baby bison because he's cold on this May morning. These guys didn't realize that bison have like a coat of fur and he was born in the wild. But they, they wanted to warm him up in the car. They were afraid... The mother was nearby, but she's making herself scarce because there's some strangers around. And what happened when they shoved that baby bison into that SUV is they, they made it impossible for it ever to rejoin its herd. And the park rangers tried several times to reintroduce the baby bison back to the herd, and it was constantly rejected. And with no connection to a herd... It died. And you probably heard that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And these people, they, they were just trying to help out a baby bison. Trying to, trying, to, trying to warm it up. You know what our culture is nowadays? Our culture, our world, is constantly trying to make it where nobody suffers any undue hardship or difficulty. I'm not going to appreciate that. I've got a heart of compassion. 
But if we're not careful, we're going to keep paving the road to hell with our good intentions. We're going to pave the road to hell saying we don't want anybody... In our world today, we've paid the road to hell for convenience sake. We've made the path to hell as easy to take as possible. We're working hard to make sure that no one on the path to hell feels concerned or inconvenienced or worried. And friend, I, I, I want to do everything I can with my life to pave the road ahead so that people feel welcomed, so they feel loved, so that they know that they're cared for, but so to make sure that it's a road paved to heaven, to the Lord. And the reason that Jonah can pray this prayer is because the Lord didn't make it easy for him to do the wrong thing. He made it really hard to do the wrong thing. Made it nearly impossible for Jonah to keep doing the wrong thing. If you know me, you know my heart. You know that I'm... I'm a person that wants everyone to feel welcome, everyone to feel accepted. And I want you to feel welcome and accepted here, but not so that you can just continue on the path that you're on. I want you to feel loved. I want you to know that we care for you, but not so that you can just keep living as you are. But so that you can turn from the life of disobedience to God's Word and His truth and what He's called you to, to live for Him. Because it is then and only then, it is only when you turn to the Lord, it is only when your soul cries out in desperation to God and you turn towards Him, it is only then that you will take the pathway up out of the depths and on the solid ground. Then and only then. God, help me if I made you more comfortable on your road to hell. God, help me if I, I, just, I just helped you feel welcome and accepted as you continued to live a life that was displeasing to the Lord. God, help me if I did that. God did not enable Jonah on his pathway to destruction. He saved him for a life living for the Lord. And that's what he wants to do for each and every one of us. That's what he wants to do for you. And so if you find yourself in a desperate place this morning, you find yourself in a place where you're calling out to God because you don't know what else to do, your situation is so desperate because even though you're not a religious person, you're calling out in prayer because you don't know what else to do. Friend, let me tell you, call out to him and say, God, I've been making a mess of things and I need you to save me from this mess, but also save me from myself because I keep making messes. And I keep going the wrong direction. God, show me the way. I will follow you. And when we talk about putting our, our faith and our trust, our hope in Christ, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, God, you know the way. And I'm going to follow you. What did Jonah say? Jonah said, I will turn again to your holy temple. God, I've been wandering away from you, but I will turn again towards you. And that, maybe that needs to happen in your life this morning. You need to turn from your lifestyle. You need to turn from your sin and follow him. Maybe the, 
that, that like me, you, you grew up hearing the truths of Scripture, but you have wandered from that path, and He's calling out to you and say, follow me, and you need to return to following Him. You need to pray what Jonah prayed and say, God, I will follow you from this point forward. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer.